14 people who still play Overwatch are mad. Overwatch is still pretty big. I know. It's the most incredible game ever yeah, made. It really is great. You should play Siege, though. <sighs> I don't have the patience for Siege. It's not because if pa- you think I get angry when somebody picks Bastion on attack in Overwatch, <laughs> do not even test me for how angry I would get at the game like Siege. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> This is hot button. We're uh, let's what's do, up, buttholes? Yeah, we'll do. A, <laughs> we're gonna do a really fast preamble here. I'm Randall Beatrice. Never mind. All right, that's oh, Chris. Wait, oh, no, wait, no, that's Chris Antonio. I'm Randall Beatrice. Austin Blake's I'm here. also Randall Beatrice. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I panicked. I'm and Chris Antonio. Fuck. Part- <laughs> Randall happened to play. Um, Notorious future piece of shit anthem, and he was split into three people, and we all suck. Oh, what a deep cut to the <laughs> anthem demo! Yeah. Oh. What a what a trash game. <laughs> Which one am I? I also the... played failed Iron Man Simulator See, this weekend. If, I, if we say that, if I say that anthem sucks now, then when, by the time this podcast comes out, when the it's episode incredible. is out, it will be relevant. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, the game yeah. will be out. They'll have yeah. patched it. It'll be a great game that nobody bought. <laughs> Division two. Right yeah, you'll be horizon. tanks. Will be another game that nobody, yeah. a company that nobody cares so about. So how about you, Austin? Are you enjoying the to, the free to play Titanfall Battle Royale game that's supposed to get announced in a couple hours and may not be real? Or I love it. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's like it's like Fortnite, but not. Yeah. Also, and Titanfall. Super super <laughs> no gov- super government shutdown. Favorite game of the year so far. <laughs> super <laughs> government shutdown simulator RPG. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This is the. Third part, the uh, exciting conclusion to our ESRB trilogy about the history and formation of the group that does what they do. <laughs> that, 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 y'all listen, that you cre- know. Yeah, y'all know. That, cre- that created... That cre- mm. that <laughs> no, you know what? Leave it in. It is, it's Are you talking the- about creationism? No. <laughs> is that what this podcast is about? It is now. <laughs> that makes uh, age and content descriptors on all of our favorite video games today. The Bible. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Ten Commandments of Bible. So where we last games. left off. Thou shall not copy Bungie for the rest of time. <laughs> oh, no. You still feel it? Can't. I one more grievance from the Anthem demo. There was literally a part where they copy and pasted the Vex environment. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's literally like that polygonal fucking with overgrowth. If they wanted to steal How something... How are they not being sued? Why didn't they steal a game that ran well? You dare insult Destiny uh, in my uh, presence? No, they stole from that's, a game No, that's that what I'm saying. Well. They de- oh, like, oh, okay, take okay. that part. Destiny at least play, like, it right. plays and runs like Go a dream. Go into the episode because if we keep talking about Anthem, we're just going to keep getting more upset and angry. <laughs> about Bioware? Oh, then right. why? What happened? So, Sorry, continue. No, you're right. Uh, Where we last left off was the ultimatum that was given by the government about... That's how you say that. uh Uh, (laughs) Uh-huh. What was that ultimatum? This was in the Video Game Rating Act of 1994. This was that bill that said uh, that a proper universal rating system must be implemented for all games that would be commercially distributed like by Nintendo and Sega and sold at all your major retailers or that they would step in and do it themselves. That now, they did they give a timeline? Did they say it how It was exactly one year. So, so they had one by year February, to set up a- Yeah, the next year 
the, this had to be done. Okay. And this was well, last episode. We got a little bit into our console war stuff after that first hearing. Um, so we're going to pick this up right at the second hearing because that bill was introduced in February. And the second hearing, while the other companies were scrambling to collaborate and join forces, this was in March of 1994 that they had a follow-up meeting regarding the bill as well as some you know, some more little sneaky footage of the upcoming Doom. Jack Highstand of the newly formed Industry Rating Council announced that seven major game companies through uh, would comply in working on an official unified rating system in time for the, the upcoming holiday season. These companies were Nintendo this and Sega. This is the year that... This is the this same year. This is the year. year. This is the year okay. that did it. So this Febu- all worked very fast. Yeah, so February, they said the bill's coming... That holiday season yeah. is when this is happening. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's Nintendo and Sega putting away their differences finally. Atari, Electronic Arts, Acclaim, and 3DO and Philips. You know, those those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yep. More yeah. relevant than... than Notorious for making failed expensive game consoles and screwdrivers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, 3DO made screwdrivers? <laughs> <laughs> Could you hand me a 3DO head? So they they had <laughs> they had this second meeting. This seemed a little bit less snidely than the first one. I don't know if this one was televised. But after months of behind closed doors planning, a conference was called that summer. This is on July 31st, bringing back all those same parties as before. And this was where the uh, Entertainment Software Ratings Board was finally born after the collaboration of those companies used a unified agreement on a system in which all their products could be consistently and forever rated on. They explained here that the system would be similar to the MPAA, that uh, the Motion Picture something association? Motion Picture Association of America. Oh, that was close. Uh, And feature five age restrictions. They had EC for early childhood, which was supposed to be similar to G. KA, kids to adults, was PG. T for teen was PG-13. M for mature was the R. And the seldom used AO, adults only, would be the equivalent of that fainted NC-17. We did talk a little bit about this rating process prior in the Oblivion episode. We may have brought it up, I think, in the San Andreas one instead of the Hot Coffee one. But the Oblivion episode, I think we talked about the submission packet thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they got rid of a lot of those early ones, obviously. Yeah, they did. They, they, a lot of these changed over the years, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I will I will also get into that. But yeah, the, the process is essentially of you compiling footage of all of your most explicit, and uh, along with the description of what the game is and, and what the game contains. And then it was basically like the trust system of being like, hey, you're open and honest about anything in the game that could be considered, you know... Subversive. <laughs> uh, I mean, controversial. You know, contra- well, violent. Anything of a nature. Troubling. Th- tro- yeah, anything of a nature. Come on. <laughs> sexy. <laughs> yeah, sexy. I mean, this also included language, drug uh, use, and content, as well as a couple of other things. Gambling. Yeah. Allow me some drug use. All your violence. And gambling. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, brother. <laughs> And that the you know you you did sign contracts saying that you showed everything openly, uh, which again yeah. came up in the hot coffee episode and the oblivion episode. Yes, yeah, uh, because obviously cocaine and cars. The people, by the way, one of my favorite video the, games <laughs> ever produced. The committee rating these games didn't have the time to play through all these huge experiences and and of course write not. Anything. Uh, unlike the MPA, which watches a film and then determines the rating. Because the longest they would have to sit is four hours. Yeah, it's not even, like, I think game companies can even say, "Hey, we're shooting for a teen rating, or our game is most likely going to get an M rating. Here's all the stuff in it." And then you know, 
Picture the guy uh, who'd have they, to sit through the garbage cutscenes of Kingdom Hearts 3 to <laughs> rate that game. Uh, Burn Disney. Kingdom Hearts is great. <laughs> All those cutscenes are well written. For a minute, I thought you were going to say sense. something useful. Thank <laughs> <Like> you. <laughs> Yo, talk about giving your heart into the darkness, right? Stop this, man! Um, so also included here of these list of age descriptors, or also in the list of all these age ratings, they also showed off their 17 content descriptions. Never mind that a bunch of these would later change and get added. As we talked around, they'd get shifted around. Because I think when they first started, this was pretty vague. It would just be like violence, language, whatever. Blood, nowadays, gore. They, they split the stuff out into yeah, blood and gore. That's what I look for. If it doesn't have blood and gore, you don't buy it. Don't you buy ready? It. Yeah. You want to hear the ESRB's current content descriptors? There's a lot. There's like 30 now. There's 30. Yeah, I have that yeah. later. On in here that they added a bunch. alcohol reference, yeah, animated blood, yeah, yeah. Reference. the reference, yeah. not the yeah. use of that's a separate one, yeah, yeah, animated blood, blood, blood and gore. They don't use animated much anymore, cartoon violence, yeah, comic mischief, there's a fantasy crude violence. humor, comic mischief, yeah, like so. But if you drop like an anvil on somebody, <laughs> yeah, no, the literally, depictions, depictions crude of dialogue humor involving it, slapstick or suggestive humor, yeah, that's for your cartoony, like. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Uh, drug references, yeah. reference to and or images of illegal drugs, edutainment, yeah, fantasy violence, much, yeah. informational, intense violence, yes. language, now lyrics, good stuff. Yeah, mature lyrics. humor, mild violence, nudity, partial nudity, real gambling, sexual themes, sexual violence, simulated gambling, some adult assistance may be needed, strong language, what strong that? lyrics. That's the educational one for kids. That's, that's the one where so, kids yeah. might need help playing it, I guess. Yeah. Strong lyrics, strong sexual content, suggestive themes, tobacco reference, use of drugs, use of alcohol, use of tobacco, and then just straight up violence. Yeah, that's the Red biggest Dead have to have all of those. <laughs> Red, uh, yeah, most Rockstar games have all that. Sexual violence, I think, is one as well, which you don't see that much. I know that Metal Gear Yeah, game unless you're in uh, Custard's strong, Revenge. Strong sexual content. No, they actually have a, a separate... I don't know if they... They used it for that game, which was very strange. What's interesting, too, is that, like, you mentioned the violence one being last. If you look at the back of LEGO Star Wars and also look at the back of, like, Driver, one says rated E for violence, the other one says rated M for violence. It's very funny, which is probably huh. why a lot of this later stuff came back. Well, that's why they changed it now, so that there's cartoon violence and intense yeah. violence. Lego Star Wars has a lot of sexual violence in it. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of drug use as well. A lot of slapstick. Um, yeah. But a lot of this groundwork, a lot of this came from 3DO's personal rating system that they put into effect earlier that year in an attempt to combat some of that backlash. Oh, so they were good for something? Maybe. <laughs> This was where the later used E for Everyone rating came from that replaced K. Really? Yeah. Uh, along with the AO rating came from them as well. Otherwise, they had a 12 and 17 rating. They had four. Dude, the 3DO was like $800. It was, that still yeah, so was the CDI. Is so insane to me, yeah. dude. <laughs> and the Amiga and the OGO, it's nuts. Those consoles were like a fucking grand. It's fucking Cutting edge. Cutting edge. Cutting edge. Yeah, for sure. But here's the thing. This is they were ready. Like game companies were ready this time. They weren't going to be like berated. Like they weren't going to get cooked by Nintendo no, again. <laughs> no. Well, Nintendo no. at least Please was on. Work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this was an interesting. This is interesting because all of these companies had responses to everything. These politicians were ready to like drop the mic again, and they were prepared and they had responses. Fucking nothing. Ready I to love go. more than nerds 
putting it in the faces of career politicians. <laughs> so with, with all of these representatives from these various game companies finally unified, the politicians that came out were ready to hammer down questions, basically. It's a Warsaw Pact of game developers. <laughs> Lieberman. The, the anthem of Senate hearings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Joe Lieberman asked how people would know what a game was rated... They said they would not only make sure to have all ratings be prominently featured in all future titles, box arts, but that it would also be addressed in the ads for the games themselves as well. The tradition still being used today. You see it yeah. in every trailer. Rated E for everyone. Yeah, rated M for mature. When Lieberman asked how they would be able to afford doing this, they said that they would be charging a fee for publishers during the rating submission process. Again, oh, there we go. That comes today. up if you listen to our previous episodes. Yeah. The, what is it, 10 or 20 grand? I don't know. Yeah, it may, yeah. I, that's around what it was. It may be more now. Or it may, maybe it's relatory to the, or to the size of the company. I don't think it was that much back then. Yeah, no, probably not. not. Yeah. When Lieberman asked why publishers would pay for that, they responded with saying that there would be tough sanctions on companies that didn't comply prior to the release of their, their game. The seven of them with Sony, also, by the way, joining later that year with the launch of the first PlayStation, all of those companies represented the majority stake in games across the country and that they would not only disallow unrated titles from appearing on any of their platforms, but they had to be rated exclusively by the ESRB and no one else. They're pretty much being like, hey, this is going to be the way it is, like for everyone. This, We're not going to play favorites. And this, this is, is kind of like a stake in the ground to good luck starting your own console. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Or good, you know well, I mean? it's more like good luck publishing your own game at the time. Now you have a rise of unrated games with Steam and the mobile platforms and stuff, but like... Well, what, that's... PC yeah. has always been... Well, PC, yeah. yeah always exactly. Well. Always that's not where outside. a lot of the money is. Sometimes it can be, but for the most part... No, like, exactly. Console yeah. gaming is definitely where it's at. Yeah. This is kind of like a good luck starting your own console because you'd have to... Yeah, you'd have to fall in line. Yeah, you got to go through here. You got to go. You got to come through us. Because the funny thing is, they said, "Well, this entire process was technically voluntary." That those sanctions could still absolutely cripple a title's financial financial success if they didn't. Yeah, like they didn't go through with it. A practice still being used by most manufacturers today, with more and more of those in the industry relatively being forced to join or face the consequences otherwise. In which case, most of those and consequences thank, just means that yeah. your game doesn't get distributed on the platforms you want it to. And thank God games that are subversive for consoles are made by companies who have enough money to, to do something to about do that. Something yeah. like yeah. that. Which is why yeah. you, you see a lot of indie devs seeking out – like that's why like the publisher-developer relationship still kind mm-hmm. of exists in a yeah. lot of ways. Lieberman – Publish on Steam where you don't yeah, have I was gonna to. Say, yeah, yeah exactly. and you'll That's get lost and forgotten in this. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Bullshit. Bullshit. They're all great games. <laughs> yeah. Find one Steam game. It's not good. I dare you to look up on your phone right now with the newest <laughs> Steam releases. All right, keep going. I'm all doing right, it. All right. So Lieberman, he's still coming strong. He's still trying. He's like, okay, they got that one. They got that one. They got this one. So he, when he asked about those producing work independently, uh, I guess the, what we were just talking about, who yeah. weren't on those platform of consoles, that was when the defenders played their ace in the hole. This was when they brought representatives from Walmart, Toys R Us, and every other major retailer that they could to come in and say that they would not permit any entertainment products that didn't follow the ESRB's guidelines to even have a place uh, on their shelves. And that kind of falls in line with the CDs thing. Yes, this yeah. was a huge fucking move. This that is a huge This move. is such a major dissentive for resistant publishers. Even Lieberman himself was surprised by this in the hearing. Yeah, absolutely. They, nobody, because they did not see to, that yeah, coming. Yeah, you have to get yeah. the retailers behind you to be like, like, hey, you have to 
if it doesn't come through this, because think about the time period this is. Like when you rewind yeah. it ten years, us three, we can make a game yeah, and like absolutely. go to a company and get them to throw a chip inside there of the cartridge that, that was shaped there were like a Genesis. Companies in that era doing that. <laughs> yeah, that bubble dude. bath games, a game I referenced last episode. Yeah, we could make a game that would run on Genesis. Yeah, today, like yes. this week, we you, could. Do you know what I mean? You like, tell me that the lesbian doctors isn't a good video game. <laughs> 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 lesbian by the way spelled l-e-z-b-i <laughs> look at these fucking screenshots i don't think that, oh god oh, i don't think that got rated by the esrb we just gave a boost what to les- we just gave a boost to lesbian doctors yeah, shout, out to, yeah. shout out to lesbian Please doctors don't buy that game. if you're looking for it's something to do with the, your, your latest 399 earned from working or doing chores just hey, just take that four dollars, throw it right in the trash. Yeah, it's the same thing. I knew what it looked like. <laughs> you didn't have to show me. Uh, it looked like somebody made a mod for Second yeah. Life. It does say this game is marked as adults only. You are seeing this game because you have set your preferences to allow this type of. They content. wrote that. There's yeah. No rating. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. You're not gonna see ESRB tags on that thing. So, oh no, I'm not reading that. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Okay. Um, so now with the retailers Ugh. on their side, they. <laughs> it's just like your phone is dirty. Uh, with the retailers. You gotta burn it <laughs> after this. With all, with all these companies on their side, these retailers, they were ready for anything else that Libra wanted to try to throw at them because they're like, hey, we're doing hey, everything. Hey, we got you capitalism said. on our side yeah. now. What we do you think about money. that? Well, um, since I am a cog of capitalism, you know, I cannot retort. And as icing on the cake, by the way, this was completely optional. The ESRB also said they were committed to even form a promotional campaign too to help consumers and more importantly, parents, angry parents, aware of the change. They went on to say that their team would be private, although they would still seek public input on various issues. The Council of Future Bob Cuts <laughs> of Mothers decides to weigh in on the ESRB. With victory on their horizon, despite one minor hiccup when the senator asked about whether or not there would be an initiative to go back and re-rate all the old games that were unrated, to which the defenders replied with that the uptake would be literally impossible to do with those thousands of titles yeah, already of on course. the market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How the fuck what did dude? they even expect? I know this even gave them a chance to approve a benefit to all the artists and engineers working too, because there were still a lot of developers who weren't involved in this fight yet who didn't want to be censored, who like don't don't have a voice in this. And that's when the ESRB said that they would only communicate with publishers on the rating process and never tell developers on what they can and can't create. Up front, that sounds cool. Up front, that, yeah, yeah because that, absolutely. Like, hey, that's, hey, we're not going to fuck with you. Yeah. But also, at they the same later time... They did anyway, but... Yeah, well, at the same time, that puts it into the hands of private companies to judge whether they think the content they're producing is moral or not. And yeah. then that allows only certain games to go through certain avenues and publishers to be discarded away yeah. from the mainstream and that's and how you get as we've talked about before the system still failed in many cases where some artists were affected but for the most part that is a noble idea and yeah. like I, I think that many developers still feel that this was the an infinitely better alternative to almost anything else yeah exactly and- <laughs> to government regulated video yeah. games yeah But with everybody finally appearing satisfied on all sides, the speakers were applauded and the ESRB and their practices approved and to be implemented ASAP. Games would finally be free again. At least, you know, 
for now. Yeah. But this was this was a huge win. What's interesting is that after this, the immediate outcome was also sort of interesting because game publishers, when I was researching this timeline and watching a lot of this content, which I'll do some call outs to where I got a lot of this information from, this whole story was in a span of such a short period of time that it's kind of incredible. Yeah, what? Like, what, four years tops? Two like, years? From where the f- the beginning of the hearings to now, it's like a year and a half. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like, like I'm kind of surprised that the well okay it shouldn't surprise you that anybody who was in these higher ups of game development they couldn't see that what was coming you know what i mean yeah they couldn't see that gaming was a like i'm just thinking the whole time i'm talking about just thank god we got this out of the way early no yeah because the, the slog that it would have well, been to battle this nowadays they would show now i think when like when Austin's picture gonna... gamers trying to get like a like an almost like <laughs> Chain broken yeah. from the government nowadays. It, they had regulated, like, so Austin you know? brought up the like Trump's attack on video games before, like uh, you know, and how that that came up. I think after the Parkland, Florida shooting last year, the high, the high school yeah. one. They what's interesting is like they did the same thing that they did back in this time was they built a compilation of footage of yeah. excerpts from violent games, and I, I think you can watch it on YouTube, and it feels very '90s the way it's edited. Oh, like, yeah. what if we took this shot of someone's head exploding and Fallout, you know, using the VAT system, and then just like back to back with some random Call of Duty cutscene, and so and it's just like we already fought this battle and won yeah. so long ago. Like it's for it to bring it on, notorious victor, president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. But, like, after this, everything went into effect. Like I said, this was the very end of July of that summer, July 31st. Game publishers quickly all adapted the new system, while developers are constantly kept informed about all of the guidelines. And most of this was pretty positive feedback. Even Doom was eventually re-rated by the ESRB this time, rather than that initial thing. But, yeah. And it clearly didn't affect sales, you know? Like, it's... No. But uh, high-produced ads started uh, starring celebrities and pro athletes began airing around the country and being shown in movie theaters. You can watch some of these on YouTube. They're pretty funny. It's like Tiger Woods playing golf, talking about talking to your kids about violent games and talking uh, to your kids about marrying and then being (laughs) loyal to your wife. (laughs) (laughs) He lost his Powerade deal because of that, man. Uh, yeah, who's going to advertise for Lincoln cars now? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew um, McConaughey. Yeah, that's fair. Interestingly enough, however, the arcade industry was not affected like by this entire thing and never adapted that rating system. No, because by the late 90s, people forgot arcades existed anyway. Well, yeah, that's also true. <laughs> but what's weird is like they already had their own collision. So apparently the American Amusement Machine Association cited fundamental differences between the coin-operated and consumer segments of the video game industry as their reasoning. Yeah. Them- Let us make our money off of 25 cents, please, <laughs> commission. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Them and the Amusement and Music Operators Association. And the Council of Wide-Brimmed Lower Pants Playing on DDR Machines Association <laughs> that kept arcades alive. Instead used a three-tier color-coded system of green, yellow, and red to represent each level of a game's intensity fixed to the cabinet's artwork and title screen. You guys have probably seen these in arcades before. Never. I've no? never noticed it. I'm sure they're there. Never noticed yeah, it. Yeah. It, it's, it's As a so- guy who spent 
way too much money at arcades. arcades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they like if you if you saw like Carnival, it would have like a red screen that would just be dude, like, oh. fucking Carnival. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the amount of hours I've put in and Carnival waiting for my movie to come about yeah. is just absurd. I mean, most arcade games are usually for as broad of an audience as possible, so they're mostly green or yellow, but there was a select few titles that maybe like a little... Like, you, you know you know, a game, weirdly enough, had like a higher rating in the arcades? Crazy Taxi. Cause really? It, yeah, because it had cursing in it. The, 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 if you and were, Bad Religion if, on the soundtrack. Yeah, it's true. Bad fat. Religion and the Offspring. If you were driving the... Yeah, uh, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you were like, if you were like late, like the customers would berate you and they'd be like... God damn it! And like yelling at you in the back seat is very funny. So today there are six age categories now for video games under the ESRB banner and over thirty content descriptors uh, that Austin just read. Yeah, yeah. What are the and, uh, what are the ratings? Though? Um, they're for the most part the same. Like the content descriptions have much more precise detail that we were talking about. But like I think we talked about KA became E for everyone. Okay. They introduced the E10 rating for ages yeah, ten I've and up. That. that was yeah. in the early two thousands. That's weird. Yeah, I forget what was the first. I think like Donkey Kong Jungle Beat or one of the Burnout games was the first rated. And I'm sure that is tied to some assistance thing like no the e10 was basically like hey there's nothing between like a g and a pg-13 essentially but what's weird is like there were a lot of people fighting that there should be a rating between t and m because t means nothing and m means everything now that's true like so like and they're right but nothing ever actually came out of that there was like this initiative in the early 2000s to like try and push for that but i don't think it went anywhere the labels themselves also got bigger on the boxes and then they featured the age numbers because what's weird is like they featured them on the back but now it's flat out says in the front like 13 and up 17 and up and it took a long time for this because i was really surprised by this because we talked about this previously in an older episode about the other international rating systems. Japan adapted their own rating system in 2002 under a group called Ciro, and then Europe would follow suit a year later in 03 with Peggy. Mm -hmm. And it's very weird. Like, it's crazy how long that took, like almost 10 years after the Yeah, well, mostly because they don't care as much about regulating entertainment as we do. Yeah. Well, they also, they, they're fighting when different things you're trying to, things, when you're trying to uh, subjugate your giant population into the <laughs> cogs of the industrial military complex, you need rating systems much more than uh, <laughs> other countries do. <laughs> this is a video game podcast, Chris. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but I think we're gonna no leave it in this, this, this whole this whole no I just whispered kill the proletariat oh but... no, no that, that definitely <laughs> just if you play this backwards it says six emptor tyrannus over and over and <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna we're gonna do a little bit of our closing statements here on this so thank you thank you for everybody for sticking through this whole thing. Now, obviously, this this isn't the full full story of the ESRB. There was still some pushback that I mentioned later. Like this, this is just their history of how they became who they are. Like yeah. their story extends beyond 1994. I mentioned that pushback about how there's a lot of games that don't perfectly fit into certain categories, while others caught flack of trying to push the boundaries. You know, your manhunts and stuff like that. The AO rating is still worthless. Yeah. There's the you know you could do a whole episode practically just on that single rating and like the high price point of having to submit a game can be crippling to indie devs. We've talked about that before there's always room for improvement and the thing i i think i brought up earlier but that lieberman came back 
Uh, he came back this time with John McCain to try and pass the Media Violence Notorious Labeling dead Act. dead guy, John McCain, <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> the, the Media Violence Labeling Act or whatever, I forget what it was called beyond that of whatever year, trying to say that the ESRB wasn't good enough um, yeah. is what Austin was touching upon. But uh, I think that we're going to get into next time because that's going to lead us to our sequel episode. I'm rubbing my hands together with the video game as art yeah. discussion kind of God, fine. My. I know. We love bringing that what? up. What a nuanced discussion that will be. <laughs> but that's what's going to lead us into our, our, our games finally getting ruled under that First Amendment protection. Uh, the official title of the case, by the way, okay. that I will be covering in the next episode is Brown versus the Entertainment Merchants Association. All right. All right. Yeah. You know, Brown famous for fighting against the Board of Education. And... Right. Brown versus the Board of Education. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was, yeah. Why does this sound little, so little semi-popular case yeah. that happened yeah. in yeah. U.S. history. <laughs> I only know video game history. Other history irrelevant. But I think that that might do it. I do want to throw some some special thanks to like for a lot of the research I, I got to do on this one. There was a couple independent channels, but for the most part, I, there was like a, there's a channel called Gaming Historian that has a lot of good information. On the SRB. There's an episode of Icons, that old G4 show that covered stuff. It's a little scatterbrained because they have to condense it into like 22 minutes or whatever. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, a lot of the stuff is out there. But like piecing it all together is like really like interesting. Like it was it was oh, it was fun to do all this. Um, and thanks for listening. I mean, this yeah, has been a long our, fucking slog. It if you've is, enjoyed yeah. it, this is like three hours worth now, of stuff. Because now, now we have like, episodes out there, and yeah. people are responding to it in a way that that is really warming, especially for these like multi-parters, and so which we want to do more of, but. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, thanks for listening all the way through. I mean, this has been fucking awesome. Like, I've yeah. learned so much about the, the engage with us whenever you want. Yes. Yeah, but we do have that next episode coming soon, which is also going to be kind of our like cap on on just sort of this. Yeah, really. This is not a three parter. This is going to be a lot more parts because this is going to be similar to our Xbox and Xbox 360 episodes, where I think the next episode is going to pick up right with the thing Randy mentioned right at the end, the Media Violence Labeling Act, and then go all the way up to our, our old pal Donnie Trump. <laughs> uh, but that one will probably also be in multiple parts, just because yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of information there, too. Definitely, for oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and go back and, and find some old episodes, if you want. I was re-listening to some myself, and they're... They are good. And this, good. this is there's one episode where it sounds like I'm defending the Star Wars prequels, and I, I really <laughs> need to address that that was not my that, you that meant it was to defend absolutely them. sarcastic. Yeah, absolutely. They are some of the worst <laughs> movies ever made. Oh my god! And anything going on with Star Wars as a brand now is the infinitely better. The demo of Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it almost sounded like like I forget where it was some old episode, but it literally sounded like I was defending the prequels, and I like got I it. I will defend the prequels. What? Yeah, We're absolutely. Fight Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> one of the best characters of all time, dude. It's such a nightmare. Oh. <laughs> god, me and Austin rewatched them all right before Seven came out, and the, and, and they hold up. <laughs> All right, all right, let right, me let's, tell let's, you. Let's, let's, let's end this. Uh, yeah, all right. Now, talk, talk, talk about so. Star Wars. Um, but yeah, that has been our history of the ESRB Hot Footin trilogy. So Hot Footin, that's my shit, yeah. All right, check out Hot Footin across the board. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's do, the, yeah, let's do the plugs. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Hot Footin Cast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hot button cast uh hot button fast now you're screwing me up <laughs> uh you can listen to it on i don't screw up my words when i'm speaking normally you talk so fast you don't notice you're screwing up your words <laughs> uh we... 
Next episode, Sorry. the uh, vocal belt. Next episode is just going to be me and Randy fist fighting. So tune in <laughs> for that you can, you can make a compilation of all the times I've tripped over my words in this. It's good that I do a and lot of the speaking. if you're a fan and you do, I'll give you something. A secret prize. <laughs> 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 Wait, I want to hear for, yeah, for a minute. Size. I thought that was going to be set up for a joke. <laughs> yeah, eventually, when the secret prize is something obscure and stupid, just, just cut all this all right, out. We got win a copy of Leisure Suit Larry, signed by Chris. You can listen in to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Those are the three I keep bringing up. There's more. You'll figure it out. Are there? I, I believe in you. There's a couple. Pod, yeah. uh, Podbean. Stitcher. Podbean, Stitcher. There's like Yo, we're on Stitcher? Any combination of like <laughs> pod and then another word. Like <laughs> pod folder is probably an app. Yeah. Pod shoe. Pod <laughs> Nazi. Pod, pod Nazi. <laughs> we're not on Pod Nazi. <laughs> Wait, might, what? We no, we're not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you mention Hitler enough, I think you automatically get on Pod Nazi. It always boils down to Hitler. This hangnail way of ending all these. Stop episodes. talking about anti-Semitism. <laughs> Tune in next week to learn more about the government trying to keep us down. <laughs> yeah, with that we're out. Yeah, bye. <laughs>